Welcome to the Five Song Mixtape, where we discuss a new mix each and every week. My name is Michael. Ooh, my name is Devin. That sounds like a type of food. Ooh, it does. Edamame. Ooh, okay. Um, and I'm RJ. <laughs> what language is that? And I'm edamame. <laughs> oh, it's Portuguese. Oh. oh. Can you say it again? Uh, ooh, my name is Oh, okay. Ooh, <laughs> nom e. No. No. No me. Nom e. No yeah. me gusto. <laughs> I would love it. I, I think out of any language, I would like you to be fluent in Portuguese. Oh, yeah, me too. Yeah. Just like yell at people in Portuguese. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I invite you to parties with me. Just so you can yell. Just so you can yell them. Mm-hmm. You don't invite them to parties currently. <laughs> no. <laughs> that, is that why? Is that why I always have to stay home? <laughs> he just stands at the window crying. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so this is episode 15 of the podcast. 15. Um, the name of this mix, which is done by myself, is What Defines a Sequence? Sequence. Sequence. Those shiny things that you put on jackets. <laughs> Um, so in that title, once you understand the concept of the playlist, the title makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Right. So and there's a definitive period yes. at the end of that. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so it's not a question. It's not a question. <laughs> this is the answer. Um, so typically a sequence uh, being described as a movement of images. Um, the That's my fancy way. There's... There's people who will say that they're like a comic book artist, and then there's people that will say that they're cartoonist, mm-hmm. and then another word is to call yourself a sequential artist. Oh, I've heard that. Yes, that is a lot like of storyboard in, artists are like that and stuff like that. It's just a sequence of images. I feel like in like a Kevin Smith movie, I heard that or something. Yeah, right. Like chasing chasing Amy. Amy yeah, yeah. That's what it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so. Uh, what defines a sequence meaning what is the thing that stands out the most or makes a sequence defines defines the sequence yeah so for me i love movies Mm -hmm. Uh, i've been doing a movie podcast for a long time discussed a lot of movies um before i had a young child I would go to the movies sometimes twice a week. Oh, twice a week. Okay. Yes. I love movies. All right. <laughs> now, were you a go to the theaters by yourself kind of guy? Oh, it's oh, my favorite thing to do. It's so nice. Yeah. <laughs> and I've only done it once. Oh, okay. For Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah. And I was so happy that I did it. The first time I did that uh, was when Jet Li's The One came out. <laughs> mm, that was a while ago. <laughs> you needed to see it that bad. Oh, yeah. I needed to see that movie. <laughs> awesome. I, I did it when I was younger. Forgot what movie. Like, apparently, I don't remember because it wasn't a great movie. But I remember recently, I went Dunstan to go see... Uh, the, what's the first Chris Pratt uh, Jurassic oh, World? Jurassic, Jurassic Kingdom World. or something. King, yeah, the first one. Yeah. And somebody offered me that I sat next to a uh, lobster dinner. Someone offered you a lobster dinner, mm-hmm. like like a sexual thing. No, Is that a sexual lobster. Thing? <laughs> Yo, man, <laughs> <laughs> I get you a lobster dinner. You know what a fecophiliac <laughs> is. <laughs> How did it go from lobster to poop? <laughs> I feel like that's part of a lobster dinner. <laughs> I don't know 
what it is. <laughs> but, yeah. but I never got my lobster done. But when he shits on you, it's in like a Boston or Connecticut accent. Yeah. Yes, very much. <laughs> or maybe it's like when you jerk somebody off, but you can only have your hand in the shape of a claw. <laughs> no pinching. Sorry. Yeah. My bad. You got to have a rubber band around it. Yeah. And you're in a hot tub. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Covered in butter and yeah. lemon. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, so I love movies. Um, and I was, uh, I took my time getting to this mix for me. Because I've been wanting to do it for a while. This mix meets a lot of criteria uh, for what it needs to have to ha- be on this mix. Okay. Um, so some of the criteria is, is you got to start with the song needs to be from a movie. Right. Okay. The next step in it is the song needs to be an original song from the movie. Made for that movie. Right. So there's a difference in cinema when we're talking about scores and soundtracks. Yeah. A score, you have a composer that comes in and writes original music for the movie. And then you've got a soundtrack, which is like Quentin Tarantino's very popular for putting together a soundtrack of a list of songs. Yeah. That makes up uh, the sequences in the movie. Uh, Zach Braff famously won a Grammy for his Garden State soundtrack for just putting together a mixtape. That's yeah. essentially what he does. Yeah, that's the one that stands out to me the most when yeah. I was thinking about like scores versus soundtracks. Yeah, Garden State is kind of what started that for me. Right. Yeah. And then there's the songs that are fit the criteria for this mix, which is somewhere in between those. Because these are original songs made for movies. Yeah. Similarly, that a score is original to the movie, but a score doesn't typically have words. Yeah, scores right. like John Williams music. and Danny Elfman. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Boop, 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 boop. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's my Like Danny. they're watching the movie yeah. and like orchestrating at the <laughs> yeah. same time. Exactly. Yeah. And John Williams or like Ennio Morricone. I think Ennio Morricone has over 100 um, original scores that he's done. Wow. Which what was the insane. one that you were telling me that he did? Oh, The Thing. The Thing, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I got to rewatch that now. That, yeah. I I always just associated him with Westerns. Right. I never knew that he did anything else. Yeah, he did a ton because he, yeah, he has well over 100 credits on his IMDb, and he's just done so many different movies. Um, and composers are weird because they can get away with uh, kind of some weird artistic license or somewhat of music theft and people don't get mad at them over it. Um, like I can show you in, uh, star Wars, uh, revenge of the Sith. I can show you in a specific song. That's a score, uh, that's happening when Yoda and Palpatine are battling in the Senate. There's a specific part of that score that's only 15 seconds long. And that 15 second long part of the score is the game of Thrones theme. (laughs) just one bar of it happens in the Re- revenge of the sith which is made by john williams Ow. and then someone heard that and was like okay i'm gonna tweak it just a little bit just maybe change the key yeah. and then just repeat it and <laughs> that's the game of thrones <laughs> yeah and so like composers can get away with weird stuff in movies like that and then there's yeah. this other category which has been done for a long time this is nothing new uh, which are original songs to movies. And the reason why I say it's nothing new is because a lot of the times you would have this associated specifically with musicals. 
Um, okay. So, yeah. Okay. So you'd have a musical, you know, somewhere over the rainbow, you know, anything that was an old musical, they had to write original songs for this musical. Yeah. Sound of music. And... Exactly. Something that didn't originate from Broadway and that was just going straight to film, they had to write the music for it. So every Disney movie that you love, blah, 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 blah. Did you know that Broadway, the like the term Broadway is, like a show can be a Broadway show if it's in a theater over like 2,500 people? Oh, I just thought it was like, that. it needs to be on this street in yeah. New York. Yeah. <laughs> no, it could be anywhere. It could be a Broadway show as hmm. long as it shows in a theater more than, I think it's like 2,500 people. Hmm. Anything less than that is off-Broadway. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. Got it. Interesting. Yeah. Maybe New York only has the big places for enough people. Yeah, for the venue. I mean, yeah, for musicals and plays in general like new york or la is kind of the only place that, yeah yeah uh, but yeah so they've been doing this for a long time and then eventually which is the other part of this criteria is they made songs that weren't in the movie so there's something that's called diegetic and non-diegetic movie or uh music yes so diegetic music is when it's sounds that are happening in in the movie so a great example of this is everyone knows star wars and you know the first star wars and you've got the cantina band yeah right yeah the cantina band if you pay attention to it um as the camera is panning through the different places of the cantina um of most Eisley, they are you can hear the sound of what the band is playing change so that means that exactly what yeah. you're hearing from the cantina music is exactly what those weird motherfuckers are playing yeah and Star Wars. Even in the remastered one yes. when they added the crazy new song. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And Return of the Jedi when they have Dooga Dooga That's I fucking love that guy. Uh, I got some snide suitles. So, yeah. That took me out of the movie so hard. I was like, hey, what? Hey, hey. what is this? fucking love that oh so John weird. Williams' son worked on that. Um, Wasn't that the one that George Lucas like was like, I want this song in there so oh, yeah. bad. Yeah. And he's like, I wanted this in the first time, but nobody wanted <laughs> yeah. it. It's like, there's a reason I didn't want it. I love it. Love it. <laughs> so weird. Um so yeah, so then they started so what this mix and these songs needs to be music that is not happening in world, meaning that no one's singing it in world and no one's listening to it in world. It's just a song that was made specifically for the movie to be played during a specific sequence that is not being heard by any character and it's not being sung by any character. So that's interesting about musicals, though. So they're all hearing this. They're actually singing. Yeah, exactly. Because I always think of that Scrubs episode where the girl has the brain trauma or the brain tumor Mm -hmm. and she hears it but nobody else does. Yes. So I always thought of musicals kind of like that, like West Side Story. No, it's happening in world. Yeah. That's that's how they would uh, describe it. Because there's like, there's so many different layers of how you could just approach the soundtrack. Like you could just be like songs in a soundtrack. Songs that are being sung by someone that are on a soundtrack. Yeah. Songs that are on a soundtrack that aren't being sung by anyone, not being heard by anyone, but it's made specifically for the movie. Like there's different levels of this. Yeah. Um, And so, like I said, uh, I think I said this last on the end of last episode. There's like, I I made like four different versions of this mix. Yeah. The fun mix has Gangster's Paradise, Dangerous Minds, has Space Jam Jam on it, has Wild Wild West, has the Men in Black song. That has at least a (laughs) 4.5. 
um, has it, Rough Riders. Like, does it have the song for Fast and the Furious by Ludacris? <laughs> Too yeah. fast. Too furious. Can I, can I side note this? Yeah, yeah. I had the tape for Space Jam. The tape broke. I cried. Oh. That is it. <laughs> I listened to that nonstop when I was a child. Yeah. I don't remember any <laughs> other song on Space Jam. Oh, I, I love that soundtrack. Yeah. Who yeah. else There's, was on it? It was very prominent in the 90s to do this. Like, we have A Kiss from a Rose yeah. by Seal. That's from Batman and Robin or Batman Forever. I can't remember which one. Yeah. You've got the Turtle Rap. You got Ice <laughs> or Vanilla Ice, you know, with the Turtle Rap where. Uh, from I believe I can fly. Yeah, exactly. You've got that. Um, a lot of that seemed to be just kind of cross promotion. Yeah, just exactly. Ways to make more money. Whereas... Well, yeah, and they would make a music video. Yeah, right. So that's the big thing. Is like in the in Gangsters Paradise, Michelle Pfeiffer is in the music video with mm-hmm. Coolio. Yeah, right. And so that was a way for them to like capitalize, and make more money. I didn't know that was a Stevie Wonder song. Yeah, that's Cover, what's crazy. Technically, that, that was the it's first Gangster's Paradise. He calls it some, it's something else. No, well, he just uh, yeah, what's it called when they just like sampled it? Yeah, they just yeah. sampled a Stevie Wonder song. Yeah, and they had to go to Stevie Wonder uh, to be like, hey, this is the first time that it really happened to Stevie Wonder. And part of the thing is, he told Coolio that you couldn't have any expletives in there, and Coolio was like, okay, fine, because he had some like worse lyrics in the song originally. <laughs> And so Stevie Wonder is like, okay, yeah, do whatever you want. And then he made Stevie Wonder made so much money from that song is like people then went to sample Stevie Wonder songs for the next decade. <laughs> and he was like, sure, sounds good. I'm going to make so much money off. Wow, of yeah, wow. That's kind of like the rise of sampling. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I guess paid sampling because they were paid doing sampling. it for years. Yeah, before. exactly. <laughs> um, so yeah. So this mix, it has a lot of criteria behind it. Um, there's lots of different versions of this mix. Um, this mix I made, I, I said to you guys that it is the most accessible version of this, meaning that like for the most part, other than maybe one song, the songs all like sound similar, kind of flow together properly. Yes. Um, they're not like all over the place. Like I didn't have like Saturday Night Fever like as one of the songs, you know, yeah. I didn't like do that. Cause yeah. you could do that with a mix like this, but then I didn't have like nine to five by Dolly Parton. Yeah. Cause that could go in there, you know, all sorts of fun stuff. Um, technically circle of life can go in there because no one's singing the circle of life in the, in yeah. Lion King. Um, <laughs> even so. with the remake, the live action, even the remake. Okay. <laughs> yeah. They didn't I haven't the seen that one. one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, so there's, there's a, yeah, so there's lots of different versions of this mix, but I made this one because I was like, okay, these songs, they kind of work together. I know that I can for sure get Devin on like a couple of songs. RJ, I was like, I don't know if you like movies at all, (laughs) but I know that I might be able to get you at least to enjoy one of the songs. And then one of the songs I put in there because it's a personal favorite of mine, but I understand if everyone hates it. I think oh. I know which one that is. I, I have, think I know which one. I have one that's one of my least favorites. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, there's a song on here that's just like, I personally think it's one of, it's a masterpiece, the song, but I understand I why people just hate it or they just I'm don't I'm hoping it's the same it. song. I'm going to be upset if it's not. Dang it. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah. So, you guys have any uh, thoughts, questions before we get into this? So, I'm going to ask you the same question 
that you've asked before. Oh, Who yeah. Who did you make this mixtape for? For both of you guys. Okay. This is not the one that's for me. Okay. If that makes sense. Yeah, that's what I was curious about. Yeah. Would this be something that you would want to like re-listen to? Like, would you make this for yourself regardless of the podcast? Um, two of the songs are for me, but the mix itself are is for for you guys. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So we're the target audience. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, for what I can, and I know one of the songs, the the song that I think that most people don't like is on there for me because originally it had Elliot Smith's Miss Misery, which comes from the Goodwill Hunting movie. Yeah. Um, and that song was originally on here, and uh, that would have been like all these songs work together. But I was like, I need something for me in here. That would have. <laughs> That would have made a lot of sense with the other songs. Yeah. Like thematically. Yeah, exactly. But I like the one that you picked better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. RJ? I, I enjoyed it. Um, okay. I, I liked the concept of it. It was cool, like trying to go in through it and be like, all right, that's what he did. Um, songs, The songs all kind of flow with each other, so I appreciate it. So I think RJ looked up where these songs took place, and I originally, first off, no, we'll get to that later. But okay. I assumed that they were all the title theme songs for all of these movies. Right. Because I had seen one movie before, mm-hmm. and then I watched one of the other movies after the after you gave us the mixtape. Yeah. And I, I can't remember, but I think I just heard the guy singing. I was like, oh, they're all title songs. Yeah. And I assumed that <laughs> yeah. for the whole week until like yesterday. <laughs> and just like, no, this one takes place in a different scene. <laughs> so I really had to like re-listen to it. Yeah. Because I didn't watch all of the movies. So I was right. just like oh. picturing where it could be. So you asked if I'm a fan of movies. Yes. I enjoy movies, but That's it's... A no. If, <laughs> hold on. It's if I fall asleep or not. Okay. No, you'll fall asleep during anything. <laughs> this is true. Yeah. But I enjoy movies. But I don't remember everything. What was the last movie that you watched that kept you engaged beginning to end? No stopping, no starting. Just you just put it on. You don't fall asleep. And you're just, you're in it. Was it Arrival? Did you stay awake for that whole thing? I think I saw all of that. That was good. I loved Arrival. So you weren't engaged if you're like, I think. (laughs) But then there's also Instagram that kind of distracts me. So that's the thing. Like, I put my phone away yeah. now when I'm watching a good movie. And when I when I realize a movie's just like kind of boring me, I'll be like, eh, I'm just gonna see what's going on in my phone. Yeah. Or look up one of the actors. I have a strict if I'm watching a movie for the first time that I've never seen before and I don't know like a ton about or I just have a very strict fifteen minute policy that if I am not engaged in the first fifteen minutes, I just turn it off. Yeah. Because I'm not gonna waste my time. I'm not gonna be spending most of the time on my phone while barely paying attention to yeah. it. It's like if you're not gonna keep my patience engaged into you, I'm just I'm just gonna move on. Yeah. It's got I mean with all this stuff out it kinda has to be yeah, that way. Exactly. Yeah. No, I think I, I, I paid attention I mean I was on my phone. But to some of the J- new James Bond's movies. Oh yeah, I enjoyed like those. those. Skyfall, I think, was my favorite out of yeah. those. Those are cool. Um, then I think... Which could be on this mix. Yeah. Because it's not being sung by anyone in the movie. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And one of these other ones sounds like it could be a James Bond theme. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> 
All right. So track number one off of What Defines a Sequence is Young and Beautiful by Lana Del Rey off of the Great Gatsby soundtrack. Um, Elizabeth Woolridge Grant, known by her stage name Lana Del Rey, is American singer-songwriter. Her music is noted for its stylized cinematic quality, themes of sadness, tragic romance, glamour, and melancholy, and references to pop culture, particularly to the 1950s and 60s. Uh, she's born and raised in New York. Um, in 2005, she began her music career. Um, and then, let's see, Del Rey ventured into film, writing and starring in the music short film Tropico. She released Young and Beautiful as the lead single for the romantic drama film The Great Gatsby. Um, Young and Beautiful is a song from The Great Gatsby from 2013 uh, through Interscope Records. Um, it's contemporary music critics lauded the single calling it haunting and somber lyrically young and beautiful follows a young lover's apprehensiveness or apprehension about whether love can last. Um, they have a music video made by Chris Sweeney, um, reached the top 10 in Australia, uh, Del Rey and Knowles received accolades for their songwriting from various music and the film awards. Um, so yeah, so uh, so The Great Gatsby, it's a book, F. Scott Fitzgerald. Um, this movie is probably, it's my least favorite movie from the mixture of these songs. Yeah. Um, have you guys seen this movie? I have not. I have. Uh, and it was fine. Yeah. <laughs> like, it told the story the way the book told the story. Right. And But there was nothing else. I didn't like the movie because of the soundtrack of this movie. Right. Because it's of too it, like contemporary. Too yeah. Yeah. Way too modern. Yeah. It was upsetting. Like if they just took that out of it, I would probably be fine with it. Right. Um another movie that I thought was going to be like that with was uh, Motherless Brooklyn, mm-hmm. which was done by Tom York, yeah, and had some other like I think like hip hop artists on the soundtrack, but I really enjoyed that one. And it didn't take away from the movie at all. Mm. But the soundtrack for this really took me out of the entire movie. Yeah. This song, though, I love. Hmm. Yeah. RJ, are you a Lana Del Rey, Del Rey fan? So. Or Lana. Lana, Lana. Lana? I think it's I Lana. Think it's Lana. Yeah. Um, I enjoy her stuff. I haven't gone out in my way to fi- listen to it. Mm-hmm. Um, but this song, I love this song. Yeah. I love the message. I love the song, the, the feeling of it. Um. As you guys kind of mentioned, the executive producer was Jay-Z. Yeah. Oh. And okay. I was just like, ah, he shouldn't be there. No. I'm like, take because I see the flashiness of it. I've looked up some reviews for the movie, and they said it was very, like, flashy. Yeah. And I get the times it's in the 20s and stuff like that, but yeah. it's like you see his, like, his little touch that he might have been like, tweak this, turn that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was very vibrant in color, mm-hmm. which I guess it's a theme in the book. Like right. color is a big theme, but they really like. I didn't even read really the book. They really put it the does... 2000s on it. It yeah. mentions that too in the book too. There's a lot of talk of color in the book and symbolism for color. I forgot the exact stuff, but it's just kind of like this color symbolic of this person. Right. This is what it means. Yeah. And like it was just very blatant in the book. And then they made it even more blatant in the movie, and everything was so shiny and like, yeah, yeah, so just over the top. One I was, of the rare Leonardo DiCaprios that I don't care about. Yeah, yeah and him saying "old spore" all yeah. the time just really <laughs> fucking piss me off. Yeah, yeah, and I like Leonardo DiCaprio. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He does Holy. a good job. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I would love to see this one remade. Yeah, 
But without the soundtrack, like I like the somebody story. new come I in and, and start ba- start fresh. Yeah, yeah. Be like I With got the Leo book. Too, cool. I just Leo. don't think that like it was probably pitched as we're gonna make this movie, but it's gonna have like a fresh spin on it, which is like this crisp modern look. Which they it, did with know? Romeo and Juliet exactly. with Leo too. And I don't think Which, that did well. I don't like that movie, but I get it. People I get it. like it. I get it more yeah. than... At least they're trying for something. If they yeah. did that with Gatsby, yeah. like modernized it in that way, right. with the soundtrack, I would have been more okay with it. What but was the year... they still had to take place in the 20s. What was the year that this was released? 2013. The movie? See, that's why. Because the Romeo and Juliet, that was like in the 90s. 90s yeah. I was fine with it in the 90s. Yeah. I was like, this is cool. I, I respect this. But they changed... They modernized the story. Mm-hmm. You know, they took the, the theme of it and but I, guess I still the enjoyed that. Too. It was an it interesting mix. Could have been a different time. That's yeah. why. I'm yeah, okay yeah. if people do that, like yeah. where they just modernize an idea, you know? Because yeah. that's like the lighthouse is just based off of um, what's that story uh, with the dude stealing fire from the gods? Not Pythagoras. Prometheus. Prometheus. That's yeah. what it is. Yeah. So that's just Prometheus, which oh. is the lighthouse. Which like I'm cool with when they do that. Like that, uh, yeah. That's fine. It's no, just that was the Gats- awesome. Great Gatsby just wasn't far enough. Yeah, it didn't like fully like go yeah. the distance I needed it to be. In. Yeah, exactly. So I also uh, just for fun uh, Google their name. <laughs> Apparently, Wool of the King. It translates to wait. Wool what? Lana Lana Del Rey. It's Wool of the King. Oh, oh. <laughs> so cool. I was just like, huh, buddy. <laughs> Is that intentional? I don't know. Uh, I was on a lunch. <laughs> did you accidentally type into your Spanish translator? I was just like, Del of the, and I'm like, all right, yeah, Ray, yeah. I think is like something. I remember, Lama. and I looked up king, and I'm like, oh, it's of the king. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, what's the first part? Uh, Every time I hear Lana Del Rey, I'm like, man, why don't I listen to you more? Yeah. Like, hit, I always forget about her. What's I that love other everything I've heard by her, but I don't listen song to that her. she has for like a movie or something that came out. She had video games. Young and Beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> no, there's one that came out, and I'm like, uh, I don't hate it. Yeah, I appreciate. Yeah, this. no, I'm, everything I've heard by her, I like. Uh, video games was the the one of the hit singles, and I can't remember the name of her other one. Hmm. It was a girl's name. Yeah, I don't know. She's got a lot of good singles. Yeah, and her album's Which good. Which is too. a good thing. Yeah, I've listened to it, but I don't keep going back to listen to it. How do you guys feel about this being an opening track to it? Mm, okay. Do you want originally this was okay. the ending song of this mix? That's the way I had it. So yeah. with this this song, I did not feel like it was a good intro, and but then I focused everything as a whole. I had trouble organizing them. Talk to Devin. Devin. Oh, yeah. Devin's <laughs> like, he's like, I have my organization for it. And I'm like, no, I struggle with it. I, I don't find an easy way. I have suggestions, yes. but I don't have, you should do it like this. So, but I did not like this as an intro because it's a middle. Okay, it's a middle so or a towards like, the okay. end. <laughs> okay, go ahead. <laughs> so the reason why this song, I put it in the front is because it can work in two ways. It can work as a cold open over a James Bond yes. movie. Yeah, right? which okay. is always yes. at the beginning of the film. It's a cold open. It has nothing. It, it comes yes, typically right sequence. after the cold open title sequence. Yeah. Has nothing to do with what's actually ha- well. It kind of gives some like precursors to what's going to happen in the film. Yeah, but it's more or less just a music video that they started doing since the Craig's 
Yeah, yeah it's just like this extended music video that's at the beginning of the movie. X-Men, they kind of do that too yeah. like on all those movies. Right. Yeah. Uh, Bond started doing that way back in the day. Yeah. But it, to me, it also is when uh, in a movie, when you get um, – I like movies that just start. Mm-hmm. I don't like a lot of building exposition in the beginning of the movie. I like when a movie just starts. So similar to like an Inception, right? You have just the, the beginning of the movie, you're like, I don't know what's happening. Oh, yeah. Right? But you, by the time you end the movie, you kind of get the beginning of the movie. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. And so the reason why like, I decided to put this song at the beginning, because I was like, the song just starts. It just kind of goes into it. Yeah. And I feel like the song is, in my opinion, maybe the most cinematic yeah, of all of is. the songs. So it kind of just gives you the idea of like, this is what you're in for. Hang on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, so I see it as an opening song. Oh, you do? Just like you're saying uh-huh. with the, like a title sequence. Yeah. So it makes sense that it would be at the beginning. Right. But I think with the mix of songs, I think it would have been better at the end. Mm. Just musically. Yeah. But as far as like a soundtrack goes, yeah. like it does make sense at the beginning as well. Yeah. I had a different, I had this song at the end and a different song at the beginning. And that song I had to take out because after doing more research, it was like, fuck, it wasn't actually made. It was very confusing as to if it was made for the movie. Um, it's a song from the movie Drive, um, but it's, yeah. Oh. oh what's the guy? Um, um, it's it like electronic music? Yes. Yeah. Fuck. Um, did that? I can't think of what the band's called. I think or it was a French band. Them. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, but it's confusing if he just took, if Nicholas went and Riffin just like took it for the movie or if it was made for the movie. So I was just like, I, I forgot about that. Yeah. Arjun, you should watch that movie. It's a good, great Drive. movie. Drive. Good song. Yeah. Good as shit. That's that yeah. one guy. She plays Beyond the Pines. The Goss. The Goss. The Gosslin. <laughs> I think I saw you watching that. No, Didn't you watch you it saw, like. Uh, you saw part of Place Beyond the Pines. I think I, I saw you watching yeah. that. <laughs> that's how that's I see the same thing. I saw you listening to that album on your headphones, so I basically heard the album. Well, the movie Arrival. I was outside, and I saw you through the window. I drove by the coffee shop. I saw you reading that book. I basically read it. I watched a YouTube. Um, you were watching Arrival, and probably the last half of Arrival, I saw it because I probably walked into the kitchen, and you were watching it. And I'm like, ah, oh, cool. Probably, yeah. So I was like, I've seen this, but I didn't see the first part, so yeah. meaning I just... That's not how that works. It's probably no. making dinner, and I'm like... You've seen it. No. I'm you like, oh, the there was a twist. Of okay. Place Beyond the Pines. I synced it. Is it called Place Beyond the Pines? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you watched the first half of that. It was all right. I and then you're like, movie. I get it. And I was like, no, you don't. No. It changes halfway yeah. through. It literally it's, has a giant I've twist. It. Yeah. Like, it. It's a completely different story. <laughs> it's like, it oh, you think Gossing's stops. important? No. Yeah. It literally <laughs> stops halfway through and then goes to Bradley Cooper's yeah. story. And Dane DeHaan. Yeah. yeah. It's great. It's such a good movie. Yeah. Spoiler. Yeah. Made me want to be like a, a carny. Yeah, <laughs> you wanted that motorcycle death trap. Is yeah. that the one where he goes into like the the, He's the truck and goes yeah. into the truck? Yeah, yeah. see truck? see that movie. No, you I haven't synced it. <laughs> I've synced it. It synced up. We dinked. <laughs> Make me mad. All right. But yeah, like the song. Yeah, yeah. I, I put this song. I was like, okay, at least I think I'll get RJ and Lana Del Rey. Like, I think at I like least this. he'll know and have been listening to her before yeah i didn't know if you had listened to her before i know you know who she is mm-hmm. i've heard the hits yeah yeah 
I think we're all on the same page with Lana. But I don't they hate don't her. Like I her. think she does a good job. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so this is a consistency, I think, other than maybe the third song on here. Um, if you notice with songs that are made specifically for movies, it's one of the reasons why I really liked in your last mix, Devin, and the Chance the Rapper song. Oh, yeah. The reason why that song works so well is because I thought of it in the context of a movie. And when you look at these songs that are made specifically for movies, they're very repetitive. Yeah. And they need to be because mm-hmm. they need to be able to use something uh, similar in the song in multiple places in the movie. Yeah. And so they need to be very repetitive. So you have an overall tone for the movie exactly, that you want to try yeah. to match throughout it. Yep. Makes yeah. sense. Yeah. And so a lot of these songs, except for I think track three to me, just have a very repetitive nature to them. But I enjoy that because I like movies. Yeah. But I get why someone might not be like, man, in Wild Wild West, he says Wild Wild West a lot. Yeah. <laughs> They say welcome to the Space Jam like 50 times. (laughs) I know where I'm at. (laughs) They were just jock jams. They were all Uh, jock jams. And then like R. Kelly and I think the Leonard Skinner was on there too. Yeah, I believe I can fly. Is that made for Space Jam? Mm -hmm. But he put it on an album. Yes, they normally do. Okay. Mm -hmm. So that's not part of the criteria. Like. That is, yeah. If it's a, if it's like so, with these songs, the producers or the director from the movie approaches a, a singer songwriter saying, "Hey, can you make a song for this movie?" They make a song for the movie, then they also release it on their album. Okay, yeah. so some of these have been released on. I believe so. Yeah. Okay. Yes, for sure as singles. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, all right. So track number two here is we've got Suspirium by Tom Hort, Tom York. Uh, from the Suspiria movie. <laughs> that was how you say his name for a minute. I was like, Man, I've been doing it wrong my whole life. <laughs> uh, from the 2018 Suspiria. That's a remake of a 70s movie. Um, so Thomas Edward York, uh, English musician and the main vocalist and songwriter from the rock band Radiohead, uh, a multi-instrumentalist. He mainly plays guitar and keyboards and is known for his falsetto. Very known for the falsetto. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, he's from North Hampshire, also lived in Scotland. Uh, York's solo work comprises mainly of electronic music. His debut solo album, The Erasure, Eraser, was released in 2006. Um, so that's when he started to kind of branch off on doing his own stuff. Um, and then his first feature film soundtrack is Suspiria, which oh. was released in 2018. Uh, with artist Stanley Donwood, York creates artwork for Radiohead albums as well. Hmm. Um, so Suspiria is uh, the score album for the 2018 horror film composed by Tom York. Um, it was released in 2018. Suspiria is York's first feature film. Suspiria was York's uh, first blah, 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 blah. Um, written music for short films produced by fashion label Rag and Bone and a 2015 production of the play Old Times by Roundabout Theater Company. He was approached to score the 1999 film Fight Club, but declined as he was recovering from the stress of promoting Radiohead's album OK Computer. York initially refused the Suspiria offer, but accepted it after months of requests from director Luca Guardinino, which we'll talk more about him. Hmm. Um, so yeah, so I am not a Radiohead head. Mm. I'm not Mr. Radiohead. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I like. I don't mind post OK Computer, but I really like pre OK Computer. Yeah. 
I really like that radio ad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you like the Pablo honey. Yes, exactly. Was I like Kid the A Benz. I think Kid A was before. Or the Benz was the Benz before. before. Yeah. Benz is one of my favorites. Yeah. Um, which is very uh it's not what you would think of at this point, it's not what you associate with Radiohead. But at the time, it, they defined a unique sound. Yeah. With that like weird 90s British pop. I didn't know that they were British until today. And I oh. never put thought into it. I just really? thought they were from another planet. <laughs> they were that so unique. Sense. And everybody knew who they were. But their only single was Creep. Yeah. But for some reason, everybody knew who Radiohead was. Yeah, you know they've had other songs, but nothing. They had another big single. I I can't remember what it's called from that time. Uh, everyone knows the song. It's one of those songs. Paranoid Android. No. no. Uh, um, it's just one of those songs that like it's a '90s acoustic song. That's like fake plastic trees. Yes. And yes. Karma Police. Yes. Yes. Karma Both Police is the one I'm thinking. Of. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, fake plastic trees. That's another one that's just like people know. I think yeah. I probably played in a movie or something. Yeah, they were so popular, but like I never knew why. Yeah, um, because they're not they're not very like listenable, like very mainstream. Yeah, but I love them. I don't right. know. Are, are you Radiohead me. head? I've heard them. Okay, but, so no, no. He drove by a car that was listening. <laughs> <laughs> Probably heard one of my friends listening to it and be like, oh, I've heard that song. Yeah, it was Skip Creep. You're like, I heard Denzin Kenzier do Creep. Yeah. Don't know who this head radio thing is they're talking about. Radio Man. Yeah. <laughs> radio Wait, Man. Which is interesting that Tom York took so long to like make a film score when Johnny Greenwood's been doing it for a long time now. Yeah. And Johnny Greenwood is very well known as being a great composer now. He's he's awesome. Has worked with Paul Thomas Anderson a bunch. Hmm. Um, yeah, love Johnny Greenwood scores. Huh. Yeah. Um, but did you guys see uh, Tom York had a thing that came out on Netflix like a year or two ago mm-hmm. that was like an extended music video that was him doing like contemporary dance in this music video? No. It's super no. good. It came out on Netflix like a year and a half or two years ago. Um, and I remember when it, it's like 10 or 15 minutes long and it's super fucking good where he just does the music to it. And then it's it's a contemporary dance that's following a story of his character. So he's in it doing like these weird contemporary dance moves in this weird wow. place. Yeah, it's super cool though. Is it just him? Uh, him and a bunch of other dancers. Okay. Yeah. I wonder if he knew how to dance before or if he learned it just for that. He's not doing like anything too fancy. Okay. But it's enough to be like, okay, he had to do some training. Interesting. Yeah. It's huh. cool though. You guys should check it out. So you think you can dance? Yeah. Dance, dance. I don't um, think they're going to have this season. So you think you can dance? I'm kind of bummed. <laughs> yeah. I can't have people in a room. Yeah. Um, but Suspiria as a movie, I uh, really enjoyed the original. Um, I'm a big horror guy. Horror is kind of uh, uh, just under anime for me. Oh, uh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Anime is always at the top, and then yeah. horror comes in next. What about anime horror? Oh, I love some Uzumaki. It's so good. That's manga horror, but they're making an anime from Uzumaki. It's <laughs> okay. not a big deal. <laughs> <All right>. uh, <laughs> Uzumaki. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so when I saw Suspiria in the theaters for the first time, I liked it so much that I needed to see it the next day. 
because uh, I needed to bring my wife to it to be like, you need to see this movie. <laughs> like, I can't explain it to you. There's witches and there's dancing, Dude, and you just heads need explode. to see the movie. Yeah. <laughs> Dicks. Dicks, heads and they're explode. laughing, and yeah. they got a little poopy stick, and, <laughs> and a lady plays a guy, <laughs> and she's singing, and it's pretty crazy. <laughs> it's like kind of like the standing sixty nine. <laughs> Explodes. That's a great way of explaining yeah. it. Yeah, she's doing like a standing <laughs> 69. But she's seen opera, but like a dude. Yeah. You know? But her hair is really long. You can't see her. You just see all yeah, bush, you too. You see bush. so much bush. And there's like hooks. They play with the cops' peepee. Uh, you missed that part. Yeah. Uh, I watched this, but I fell asleep. Okay. I fell asleep too, but uh, and I, then I restarted it like towards the beginning and watched it all the way through. And this was one where I was like not near my phone at all. Yeah, and it had my attention the whole time. Oh yeah, yeah. I fucking love this movie. It's so good. Yeah. Now, RJ, yes, did you listen to the song before you watched the movie? Yes. Did you like the song more or less? Like, where? What are your thoughts on this song? So I heard the song and I was like. All right, just trying to figure out the whole thing as uh-huh. because I didn't know what it went to. Yeah, we watched the movie. Of course, I fell asleep, and just I still don't know what he's saying, but the eeriness of the song mm. fits beautifully. I and then I w- yeah. w- watched like on YouTube. I was like sequenced this, and I typed in like the yeah. movies. That's how I figured out what parts they're on. And it's the intro, and I was like, I love that because then I watched it on YouTube again, fi- knowing that what it's. It came from and just them showing the scenes of like the old guy, which the mm-hmm. woman, and just kind of going through and showing everything. And I was like, "This is this is great, yeah, this is wonderful, yeah, yeah." The sequence of like them and Amish country doing stuff um, as the song kicks in, and then just showing everything from there. It's just the song Tom York is so modern and for a movie that takes place in the seventies, mm-hmm. yeah, um, that you it might. I can understand why it might take someone out of it. It didn't though. No, yeah. I think it was it was, oh, it was perfect. It was yeah, wonderful. Yeah, and, but same thing with that motherless Brooklyn. Like he did yeah. the soundtrack for that, and it takes place in the fifties, I think. Yeah, and it didn't take me out of it at all. Nice. There's something about him where it's he's just eerie enough. Yeah, to be in the background. <laughs> Good old Thom Yorkie. Right. Yeah, Thomahorke. And he has such a weird. When Devin and I were talking about Tom York earlier in the week. And Devin used the word that he's very mechanical yeah. to how he formulates arrangements or melodies. Yeah. Which in the song it's the most apparent of like yeah. that dun 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 dun. Yeah, that yeah. piano and, riff. <clears throat> exactly. Yeah. yeah. And he says that in the beginning of the song, he says this is a waltz. And so then it it goes through the pattern of a waltz. When it goes dun 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 dun, that's when it's yeah. getting into the 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 waltz step actually, <clears throat> which is yeah. pretty cool because for a song that like doesn't appear like it's taking ideas from songs that were made last century or even the nineteenth century, like it sounds modern but is taking things from classical. Yeah, which is cool. Yeah, yeah, it's it is like a modern take on classical in a way. Yes, because it's very composed compared to anything else. Like he's so structured in the way he writes everything. Right. Like the In Rainbows album is one of my favorite Radiohead albums. Yeah, and that one is so robotic 
and manufactured. Mm-hmm. But there's something about his voice that is the complete opposite of that. Like it's a really good juxtaposition to have some music that's just so like, you know, like it came out of a drum machine and like you just, you know, made a MIDI file. Yeah. This music, which they're great musicians. I'm yeah. not saying that they're bad, but right. his voice is so uncontrolled and like chaotic and subtle yeah. that it it's, it goes perfectly with the music and everything that he does, especially yeah. this one, which yeah. was so minimal compared to a lot of other Radiohead stuff. Yeah, the first time that I, when I watched the movie, I was like, fuck, do I like Tom York? Because I've never, like, cared about Radiohead. Yeah. Right? And other than, like, because it's been so many albums since OK Computer that they have, like, a defined sound now, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. they're always changing, too. Right, like, yeah. Uh, I forgot the Moon album that they came out with is so different than anything else they've ever mm. done. Hail to the Thief started changing a little bit. And Rainbows is kind of like a modern version of OK Computer. Mm-hmm. And there's, I think, a, one or two in between those. But yeah. their new stuff is so different. Mm. Yeah. yeah, I like the song so much because it's just so stripped down and just bare bones yeah. compared to the other Radiohead stuff that I've heard. That's just like, there's a lot of electronics going on uh, yeah. here, guys. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's the thing. A lot of it, too, is just played on normal instruments, but it sounds electronic. Yeah. You know? That's what sounds, like, robotic and mechanical about them. Right. Yeah. Uh, So you guys are in on the song. Yeah. Yeah, I like it. You like it? No, literally from, I mean, the first song, Young and Beautiful, to had its, like, empowerment to it. It's kind of like, she had her voice. Mm Mm-hmm. And then it goes to this one, and I'm just like, oh, this is like, you know, lights are down, and it's creepy, it's eerie, just like the the melody of it, and it fits the movie. And I was like, this is this is great. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I listened to it before, right before I watched the movie. Mm-hmm. And then it didn't make me like it any more or any less, but it made me enjoy it in that movie. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Nice. I liked it. All right, so moving on to track number three here. We've got Save Me by Amy Mann off of uh, the Magnolia movie. Um, Amy Mann, American singer-songwriter in the 1980s, Mann was the bassist and vocalist for Till Tuesday and wrote their top ten single, Voices Carry. Uh, She released her debut solo album in 1993 and has released many albums since. In 1999, Mann recorded songs for the soundtrack to the Paul Thomas Anderson film Magnolia, which earned Academy Award and Grammy Award nominations for the song Save Me. Uh, She has won two Grammy Awards and was named one of the world's 10 greatest living songwriters by NPR in 2006. Wow. Yeah, so Magnolia came out in 1999. Save Me was nominated for the awards. Uh, She lost to You'll Be In My Heart from Tarzan. Yeah. Fucking Phil Collins. Obviously. (laughs) Um, by way of introduction to a live performance, man has referred to Save Me as the song that lost an Oscar to Phil Collins and his cartoon Monkey Love Song. Um, furthermore, man has occasionally dedicated her song to Collins in several different venues. Um, it is man's best known song as a solo artist. Um, there's a cool music video that was directed by Paul Thomas Anderson. Um, yeah. So, 
Uh, Amy Mann, I hadn't really heard of before until she was on Marin, like probably four years ago. And then I heard her, and then I listened to her stuff, and I was like, fuck, she's really good. And then I was like, oh, I have heard her. Because the song Save Me is very prominent in Magnolia. Okay. And I, like, uh, for me, Paul Thomas Anderson is my favorite living director mm-hmm. um, who's actively making films. Um, I, I've seen every one of his movies in theaters since uh, There Will Be Blood. Mm-hmm. I did not see Punch Drunk Love in the theaters. I wish I did. Um, but he's just he's just one of those filmmakers that I just love everything that he does. Inherent Vice is like one of my favorite movies. Still haven't seen that. So good. Phantom Thread is awesome. Um, yeah, he's just a great filmmaker. He did The Master. Also? The Master is. Oh, if you're in yeah. to that stuff, yeah. If you're into like culty stuff, yeah. And you're into Scientology. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. It's so good. <laughs> I have a book called The Magus. That oh, okay. uh, somebody recommended to me, and they said it's a mix between the movie The Master and Ex Machina. Ooh, but that not not in a sci-fi way, but yeah. in um, uh, like a, what do they call it? Like a mind control. Type. Yeah, not mind control, but in uh, Ex Machina, where she was like manipulating him. So right, I'm, I haven't read it yet. But yeah, The Master is so good. Paul Thomas Anderson's awesome, and Joaquin Phoenix is just like he's just one of those guys that's just amazing in anything that he does. Oh, yeah. Uh, Joaquin Phoenix has a scene where like he improvises him jerking off on a beach and I'm like how do you improvise jerking off on a beach <laughs> I've done it before yeah. <laughs> just channeled that time you, that means he just jerked off on the beach that means he was feeling the scene so much yeah. that he thought in character that this character would be jerking off while yeah. crying on yeah. a beach yeah. so you literally it, it's like hey this is the scene I got this don't don't I got this <laughs> Give me 10 minutes. I got this. Polly, you just sit back there. I got this. What if that happened in every scene and he just tried to get it in? That's the only one where they're That's like, what he's okay. like known for in Gladiator. Yeah. He's like, I'm just going to jerk off yeah. on this. Like Joker. I'm just going to jerk off yeah. Robert De Niro. <laughs> Walk the line. No big deal. Just jerk it off. I'll jerk the line. Um, yeah, and Magnolia is probably... Uh, it's a movie that if you've seen it, you've seen it. If you haven't, it's just a movie that people miss. Um, I, a lot of people, myself included, for a long time uh, when I was younger, would confuse it with uh, the Stanley Kubrick, uh, Tom, other Tom Cruise movie. Oh, Eyes Wide Shut. Yeah, exactly. Because you're like, that either. that's like sex culty stuff. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, yeah, Tom yeah. Cruise. But Tommy C, he's one of those actors that I just love. Well, yeah. I know he's weird. I know he's really into Scientology, yeah. and they do really bad things, and he has slaves. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> Makes it even better. Um, yeah, what would you guys think of this song? RJ? It was all right. Um, oh, just all right. Interesting. It was all right. I, I looked up, because like, I kind of heard it, and I'm like, all right, I get the concept of it. Looked up the placement of the song in the movie, yeah, and I was like, all right, it's the, it's like the outro. It's yeah. kind of like the end. I'm like I see how it was put together, but besides that, I couldn't really like the besides the first two songs, which I I love the first two. Yeah, this did this didn't grab me. Interesting. This is the I would say the least cinematic song mm-hmm. on here. It is, but it did remind me of like a '90s yeah movie song, like Miss Misery by Elizabeth. Yeah, yeah, similar to that. Yeah, and uh, it it slowed things down a lot. It did. Um, so with the first two. First one being very cinematic, and then the second one, 
I think I just enjoyed because it was Tom York. And yeah. then this one, I do like on its own because I've listened to it out of the context of the mixtape and I yeah. enjoy it. Yeah. But at the, at number three, it like really slows things down. Yeah. 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 It's that Daniel Cormier. Once we get to the third yeah. round, I'm taking a break. We just, we're going to take a break. Yeah. We're just going to do some easy listening. Yeah. And just like get ready for the next half. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was uh, like I had to listen to it on its own. And I still haven't listened to anything else by Amy Mann. Yeah. I but, wasn't sure if after Suspirium, you needed a palate cleanser. Mm-hmm. That's how I use this song. Yeah. Because Suspirium, I know, is a weird song. It's eerie. It's creepy. It's from a horror movie. And I wasn't sure if after that song, you need something yeah. that's like radio friendly, like as a palate cleanser. Because Save Me is very, it's just like, yeah, very it sounds radio like friendly. It could be like a down tempo Sarah Burla song. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. See, I, I didn't hate the song. Yeah. I think it's just the biggest thing that was in my head thus far is just kind of how would I organize this? That kept on popping in my head of how would I organize this? Yeah. And it started making me mad thinking about it. <laughs> and I'm like, and I'm like, I don't know. This song's fine. I don't hate it. Yeah. But it's like, it, it's a good middle track. It works. And then I just started like questioning myself, questioning <laughs> life. Who am I? Thinking about what I wanted for dinner. It Hold got weird. Existential crisis. Yeah. yeah. And then you just fell asleep in the middle of it. Yeah, am basically. I Filipino? Yeah. <laughs> what is a Filipino? <laughs> but it was a fine song. And I appreciate it for in the movie, too, for the little sequence that it, I, I have no clue what happened in the rest of the movie. Yeah. But I was like, oh, okay. It's very 90s. Oh, yeah. Yeah. 99 too so i guess 2000s but yeah yeah it's a very 90s song it's the people like 99 i'm a 90s baby 1999 is the greatest year of cinema i've heard that a lot <laughs> and i want to see the whole list yeah Fight club you got the matrix i don't know phantom menace what is it like eminem cd came out in 99 okay <laughs> i had a question about star wars that i was thinking about star wars star wars <laughs> star wars star wars episode one came out you're talking about yoda okay. No, when episode one Chewbacca. came out the first time, and we were watching in '99, May. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> what day of the week was it? Tuesday or Friday? Summertime. Oh, okay. Back then, they didn't they didn't start doing early releases until Fandango really kicked in. <laughs> really? <Yeah>. Okay. <laughs> Interesting. Um, so when <laughs> Phantom Menace first came out, and we see Anakin, yeah. As a young boy. Misa! Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing to do with Jar Jar. But did we know that Misa loved Devin? (laughs) Misa sucked Devin off. No, No, Jar Jar, I don't want this. Misa had big tongue. No, no. I don't don't know if you're a man or a woman. Misa Gungan. Just accept it. Just accept it. I don't know what a Gungan is. (laughs) Okay, now you're trying to... Now you're convincing me. Boss Nassim. Continue. So when we see Anakin as a young boy... Anakin! Anakin! Ani! You're all Ani! There was a Persian guy that owned the smoke shop next to Gotham Republic. It sounded exactly like the guy that... Uh, Anakin's or boss. Greedo, sorry. Um, ooh, why Fuck, am I what's his name? his name? Yeah. Sorry, continue. Yeah, but one of our friends made that joke once when he came in. He's like, Andy, why are you always working on your pod racer? <laughs> Laughed so hard. Yeah, slave um, owner. Yeah. <laughs> he had the same personality too. 
Oh, he's buzzing around smoking cigarettes. Do we know that Anakin is Darth Vader in episode one? Like, when you're watching it for the first time. I mean... Pre-internet. Like, his name is Anakin Skywalker. Yes. And his dad... And Luke knows that his dad's name is Anakin Skywalker before okay. he knows his dad is Darth Vader. Oh, he knows that his name's Anakin? Yeah. Because oh. Obi-Wan says. Oh, okay. He was, he was okay. a great pilot. Yeah. So, yeah. I wonder if, the, if everybody knew that. Or if it was kind of like... Everyone knew that. The The bigger thing that, unless you were like a Star Wars nerd, is did you know, because you first see Senator Palpatine um, talking to Viceroy uh, in the... In, in, he's a hologram in a ship. And so do you know that Senator Palpatine is the Emperor? That's... that's Everyone knows Anakin's going to be Darth Vader. It's, the, it's if the people knew that the senator that you're seeing was going to be the emperor that you've already seen in one and a half other movies. Oh. Yeah. God, I got to rewatch those. Yeah, because in Empire, you only see like a hologram of the senator. And originally, it was like a weird mixture of this monkey, this like chimp, and this like lady in a costume. Um, And then you get uh, Ian McDermott as Palpatine, as the emperor, and... Uh, Return of the Jedi, so you've only really seen him in action in one movie. Yeah. And so do you know that when you first see the Senator in the first movie, do you know that that's actually the Emperor? And by the end of it, you're like, okay, he is the Phantom Menace. I think I... Just, oh, I don't know. I remembered something when I rewatched the, like, 4, 5, and 6 recently. Mm-hmm. Or I feel like I noticed more stuff. But then I was also so distracted by all the stuff that they added. Well, you're probably going to notice more stuff because of the stuff yeah, that they add. Maybe. Oh, okay. Yeah. Maybe that was it. Because they do add in stuff that's like, it's so like now. It's a movie. Yeah. So now yeah. in the re-releases of like Empire Strikes Back, it is a new scene that is filmed of Ian McDermott as the Emperor in that hologram scene. Yeah. Uh, which is cool as well because that's actually Hayden Christensen in the Darth Vader costume in that scene in empire now, which yeah. obviously it wasn't in 1980. And they out. did that in, um, when everybody died, I think it was at the return, return of the Jedi, the end. Oh yeah. When they put the... him as a hologram. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Which was weird. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if you knew this on guitar. Just like <laughs> it to yourself. Yup, no. That's a great song. It's not in Return of the Jedi now. They take out Yup, Nub. Really? Yes. It's not in there anymore. Okay. No. Isn't Which... that crazy? Why would they take out Yup, Nub? <sighs> <laughs> Why would they take out Yup, Nub? And that, who the hell? Yeah, that gets it. Okay. I remember that now. And it was all CGI shit, too. But it was like early 2000s CGI. Yeah, and there's like the sexy girl that's an alien with big lips. Oh, yeah, she's fine. (laughs) Yeah. All right. I don't know where we're So Magnolia. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah, I'd never seen Magnolia either. Yeah, it's a good movie. I don't know what it's about. Uh, Uh, Not one of Paul Thomas Anderson's best, but it's a good movie. Okay. Yeah probably at the bottom of the list for me i've seen there will be blood and punch truck love and punch truck love boogie nights no Ooh, yeah. we get to see that fake dick 
That big old prosthetic <laughs> fake dick. I'm holding out for the real one. <laughs> <laughs> a young Philip Seymour Hoffman and John C. Riley. So Philip Seymour Hoffman's in like every one of his movies, pretty much. Uh, he's not in There Will Be Blood. No, he's not. Mm. Okay. He's in a lot of them, yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, all right, so let's go on to track number four here. We've got Mystery of Love by Sufjan Stevens off the Call Me By Your Name soundtrack. Uh, Mr. Sufjan uh, is an American singer-songwriter and multi-instrumentalist. He has released eight solo studio albums and multiple collaborative albums with other artists. Stevens has received Academy Awards and Grammy Award nominations. Uh, his debut album, A Son Came, was released in 1999. Um, wow, 99 was a good year. Yeah, uh, he received an Academy Award nomination for Best Original Song and a Grammy Award nomination for Best Song Written for Visual Media for the soundtrack's lead single, "Mystery of Love." This song. Um, so yeah, Miss or uh, "Call Me by Your Name" made by Luca Guardino, who also made Suspiria. So we're talking about two movies by the same director. Very um, different movies. Yeah, very different movies. Unfortunately, Call Me By Your Name, uh, uh, for the uh, tight butthole conservative <laughs> Americans, <laughs> uh, fortunately, the movie uh, did really well internationally. A lot of the film critics love the movie. I enjoy the movie. I think it's really good. Uh, it's the best thing Army Hammer has done. Um, Arm and Hammer, the baking soda? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I didn't know that baking soda was gay. <laughs> um, yeah. So, but Sufjan, for me, out of all the artists on this mix, he's my favorite artist on this mix. Um, oh, yeah. Sufjan Stevens is one of those guys that when I first heard him, I was just like, who is this person? Yeah. Because I probably first heard him in maybe like 05, I would guess, around then. Yeah. And I was just like, wait, he's doing this? Like, like not like I knew who he was. It was that like someone is making music like this. Yeah. Which if you ever take a deep dive in Sufjan's catalog, you're like, this guy just makes fucking crazy arrangements and is all over the place and is using a bunch of instruments and does a Christmas album that is fantastic. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> never listened to it. <laughs> really? Yeah. It's really good. Okay. He's cr- he's crazy good. Yeah, like he's really interesting because he does all kinds of different stuff. Like I heard this, and I if I heard this not knowing it was him, I wouldn't even think that it was him. Yeah, based on what I've heard before. So in an interview, the film director and producer Luca Guardino said that although he normally selects the music for his films himself, he wanted to find an emotional narrator narrator to the film through music. He also wanted the music to feel connected to the main character, uh, Elio Perlman, a young pianist who enjoys transcribing and adapting musical pieces in order to get close to his love interest, Oliver. Describing the process as a challenging due to Stevens being a very reserved person as an artist, Guardino eventually convinced him to create music for the film and supplied him uh, the script and Andre Ackman's novel, which served as the basis for the film for inspiration. Uh, Stevens was also inspired after partaking in conversation with Gordino about the story's plot and characters. Um, so that's pretty cool that originally he was just supposed to do like the whole movie. Hmm. Yeah. Rather than just the song, which the song is really cool and did really well, but yeah. Yeah. 
Has he scored any other movies? Uh, I don't think so. I, I think like that he'd be really good at that. Yeah, for uh, like the crazy arrangements that he uses and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. And he had the, uh, what is called the Fifty States Project, where he's going to make one album for each state in mm-hmm. the United States. Mm-hmm. And I, from what it seems like, it seems like he abandoned it. But yeah. uh, it was very ambitious. But I feel like to be that ambitious, you have to take a lot of chances, like he does. Yeah, and lots of times they're they turn out great. Yeah. Like that Illinois album was awesome. Yeah, and so all good. All over the place. Yeah. The Michigan one was good. So good. And then I went back and listened to Seven Swans. Seven I was like, Swans this is so different. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he's awesome. Yeah. I thought for the longest time that Sufjan Stevens was not his name. I thought it was Sufjan. Yeah. <laughs> I saw Sufjan, but I never Sufjan. listened to him. So I, I was like, he's okay. like Persian maybe I can't remember um, I know that he is like first generation here from his family um, so <laughs> his last I name is Stevens yeah <laughs> um, so but I thought it was like a uh, a stage name like Sufjan Stevens which he was really like Brian Stevens yeah but, like he just went by Sufjan. yeah like Cat Stevens <laughs> yeah exactly changed the use of his law <laughs> yeah yeah but yeah that's his name <laughs> so you want a even more embarrassing story than what embarrass me um, what is the lead singer of System of a Down? Serge Tankian. I thought that was the same person. <laughs> you thought this was a solo album? What? <laughs> That's what I thought. I didn't know who the guy was, and I'm like... Could you imagine going through life thinking? <laughs> I'm like, the toxicity guy? I'm like, all right, do your thing. Did like, that make man, you like this more? It. It, it bumped up a little <laughs> more. Wait, did you think that until right now? No, 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 no. Okay. <laughs> it, it was a while ago, but then probably for like a year, I was just like, yeah, that's weird. Solo project. <laughs> I'm like, why are they not playing this on 98 Rock? <laughs> that's awesome. um, and yeah, now we're here. Sufjan, one of my favorite songs by him is John Wayne Gacy, that song. And it's fantastic because it's about... Seen the movie. John Wayne Gacy? Yeah. (laughs) Just clowning. Um, Yeah, RJ. So are you a fan of (laughs) System of a Down? I just feel like I should wake up and put on a little makeup. (laughs) Um, I I, I appreciate the song. Um, I, I enjoy the scene it came from. As somebody said on the YouTubes, like literally, this is just a great song showing people that are in love and just their 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 togetherness and then just like it's it's innocent and it's fun and it's everything that like a, a romance should have. And I was like, I appreciate the song for what it is. Yeah, besides like, a man and a woman, <laughs> and I I like the song. It's good. It fits the scene. It fits in the placement of what I would put it in. Yeah. I mean, it was hard for me just to be like where I would put it. And I, I do appreciate for where it's at, the song as a whole. Yeah, it was a good song. Yeah. He, toxicity guy did a good job. <laughs> toxicity of our city. Yeah. <laughs> Devin. Yeah, I like this one. Yeah. Um, I think I would have placed it somewhere differently. Yeah. I, and I am not an Elliot Smith fan. I'm not like well-versed in what he does. But to me, this song sounded a lot like Elliot Smith. Hmm. Like, if Miss Misery was on this with this, I, I think that. it would be too similar. Yeah. For me. But I'm curious, do you think that they're at all similar? No. Okay. Uh-uh. Uh, and maybe just because this is... Yeah, I mean, I don't really see the similarities, but just... And maybe because I've listened to so much of both of them 
that they're so distinctively different. Yeah. Um, this is, if you, if like RJ, if you ever dive into Sufjan, this is mm-hmm. the most tame Sufjan. Like, yeah. He uses arrangements mm. and tons of different instruments. Which I like that. I like one. that. Yeah. There's horns in like everything oh, yeah. else. Lots of horns. Yeah. I probably like that a lot. Yeah. Very and this is very like, it's very cinematic because it's subtle. It's not overpowering. It's very consistent in its melody. It's not doing anything crazy. That's what like a lot of these songs they try to do is they yeah. don't they're not overpowering the scene, but they're helping to define the yeah, scene. They did a wonderful job. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I like this one. Yeah. It's uh it, Sufjan Stevens for me is especially on this song, it's something that I can space out while I'm listening to. Yeah, for sure. But not in a way where I don't remember it. Like there's a lot of artists where I can listen to it and like Iron and Wine I do space out to and I don't remember listening mm-hmm. to it. And mm-hmm. I'm just like, wow, it's kind of in the background. But this like it it's just it's very like mesmerizing in a way. Yes. Tom yeah, York's that the melodies, same way. yeah, for sure. Yeah, it just kinda it gets me every time and I just like Yeah, I just space out every time I'm listening to it. I liked it. Nice. You, you say spacey. I was literally gonna say as I described it, as like airy. Yes, yeah. like, and I was like, I, I, but it's there, and I, I appreciate everything that it had to show, and yeah. the way that it was pre- uh, prepared, and everything. I when liked you were it. saying it was a scene where they're like running up a mountain, like I, or not a mountain, but like a hill or something. They're rock yeah. climbing. I, like, yeah. no, I picture that. Like, yeah, they, they were the just scene. enjoying their time together, yeah. and just kind of yeah. the moment. I get it. Yeah, mystery of love, man. <laughs> All right, last song <laughs> on the mixtape. <laughs> Cry little sister. <laughs> Cry little I sister. sister that uh, by Gerard McMahon uh, from the movie The Lost Boys. Uh, so Gerard Mc... <laughs> McMahon or Mc... McMahon? McMahon? McMahon. McMahon? Uh, yeah. Oh, okay. I think it's Gerard McMahon. Thomas McMahon. Also known oh. as Gerard McMahon. It's uh, it's still and pronounced McMahon, but McMahon. that he did that because everybody was like <laughs> calling him McMahon. Okay. Yeah. And G Tom Mac. <laughs> oh fuck yeah. G Tom Mac. <laughs> is that the P Diddy of the day? <laughs> Uh, is an English singer-songwriter, multi-instrumentalist, producer who specializes in, in creating music for films and TV. Uh, McMahon is also the founder member of the band G-Tom Mac. G-Tom Mac! <laughs> Whilst uh, McMahon has undertaken many different musical projects throughout his career, he is probably still best known by many for his gothic rock anthem, Cry Little Sister. <laughs> A song which was recorded in 1987 for the cult horror film The Lost Boys. Um, let's see. So, uh, performed by McMahon on the soundtrack in '87, which peaked at number 15 on the Billboard 15. 200. Uh, the original song failed to chart, although it charted in Australia and the United Kingdom in 2003 when the track was remixed. Uh, the track has been covered by several bands. Aiden recorded a cover of the, wow. the sound in 2008 for the movie Lost Boys, The Tribe, uh, which is, oh, yeah. I think it's the third one. Didn't they have Eric Hayden, Hayden Christian Olsenson? I don't know. <laughs> What's his name? Uh, 
and it appeared at the cro- closing credits of Lost Boys: The Thirst. So the Tribes is the second one. The Thirst is the third one. Mm. Uh, in 2010, Seasons After scored a top 20 hit in the Billboard's mainstream rock songs for the version. Blah blah. blah. Eight years later, Marilyn Manson released <laughs> their version of the song as a single after it was featured as a promotional trailer for the television series Titans. Uh, his version is also due to be included as part of the soundtrack for the film The New Mutants. Oh. So, so if I if I were to say that Marilyn Manson covered the song, you're like, yeah, makes sense. It makes sense. It makes yeah. so much sense. <laughs> yeah. so, I didn't listen to it yet, but I, I really I typed it in. I looked at it. I'm like, all right. I, I, get, <laughs> I, I get it. I've never enjoyed anything by Marilyn Manson besides Sweet Dreams. Yeah. That's the only thing where I was like, yes, cool. So I might like this cover. Yeah. No, like 2006 to 2008, that was my rocker stage. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the rock direction you went. That That was like Kill Switch Engage, Marilyn Manson, Rob Zombie, CKY. (laughs) No, that was high school. You had white contacts in. Oh, yes. One white, one like purple or green or something. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So. The Lost Boys is a movie that I remember seeing when I was really young, right? And I remember it always being a funny horror movie, okay? A funny. And then when I became... Like Gremlins. Like, like a Gremlins. Yeah. Yes. Um, or like some people consider American Werewolf in London as... It's considered like one of the first horror comedies. Okay. Um, so I've always considered The Lost Boys kind of in that realm. And it wasn't until I was an adult and having to critically think about the Lost Boys, mm-hmm. that it's one of my favorite horror movies in general. It's one of my favorite vampire movies. I just love the movie, and I don't consider it a comedy at all. Like I consider it some a movie that has some comedic moments in it, but it's just a straight up horror movie. That if you take it seriously, you're going to get more out of it. Which is how I view this song. That if you take it seriously, <laughs> you're going to get more out of it. Okay. <laughs> Um, I am on record on other podcasts of saying that this song was ahead of its time. It came out in 1987. It feels like a song that could have came out last year, which is why someone covered it in 2018. It's one of the greatest songs ever made that no one listens to. It doesn't make any sense to me, the song, but I love it for what it is. It's stuck in my head all the time. Yeah. You feel like a creep when you're listening to it because you're like, is this song about pedophilia? I don't yeah. know, but I'm going to listen to it. <laughs> Um, and i put this this is the one for mike right this is the (laughs) one song for me (laughs) on this mix because i was like i just love this song so much and it's not the song like if you're a lost boys fan of course you know this song but it's not the song that is well known from the lost boys yeah i still believe that's the uh the that's the saxophonist. The shirtless yes. black guy with the saxophone. Yeah. Not a black guy. Shirtless guy with the saxophone. Yeah. What purple am I pants. thinking of then? He has purple pants. Man, I must have seen a different movie. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I got that in my head. I still believe, which is funny because... Oh, yeah, the purple pants. Yeah. Okay. Um, which is uh, in Waco. And I guess it happened in real life. Which, and they do it in the miniseries. He, they're, um, they're trying to get the people out of their house or whatever, right? Out of their compound. And mm-hmm. so they're like playing music at them to try to get them out. Yeah. And so he, the, the dude who's like running this cult is a musician and plays in a rock band and he loves, and he decides to, in order to get back at the FBI, 
they're just going to rock out to I Still Believe. So he's playing live. What? I Still Believe at the FBI. David Koresh was? Yes. In real life? Yeah, it happened in real life. And they recreate it in the TV show. And it's so fucking funny. Because he's just like, I still believe. Oh <laughs> he's just like God. playing his like flying V guitar out a window <laughs> at the FBI who's surrounded his compound. <laughs> I don't know why they didn't join his cult after yeah. that. Be like, all right, this guy's rad. This guy gets it. Yeah, I see why all these women and children are here. You're fucking sick. Like, I have nothing else to do. It's a Friday night. <laughs> have all the guns and ammo you want, buddy. So before you say anything, I know, I get it, I understand, but I love this song. <laughs> okay, so you said that you're on record on multiple podcasts yes. that this song sounds like it's ahead of its time. Ahead of its time. And it could have come out time. last year. Yes. <laughs> I severely disagree with that. This song is... So 1980s. Yeah. Oh, it is so the 80s. It's yeah. so in the 80s. Like, late 80s, possibly Bam, early 90s. <laughs> but it's so good. Yeah. And oh, I'm you like so it. so glad it's on here. Yeah. And I think it fits. Oh, I think <laughs> It fits more than Are any man does. does. Just my microphone. <laughs> I think this belongs in there more than the Amy Mann song. Yeah. And I think if you, I mean, even if you just rearranged them, it would, it still works. You know it's, what makes me crazy? Like this song more is I can picture a hardcore band covering it. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. And just okay. fucking chanting, Thou oh. shalt. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I could see Comeback Kid doing it. I mm. could see more like a lifelong. I could see like or yeah. an American Nightmare covering it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I'm glad you liked it. Yeah, <laughs> RJ, what were you? Walk me through your emotions when Cry Little Sister would come on. <laughs> All right. So every time I got song five, I'd hear it, and the literally just the hatred went through my body. <laughs> oh, hold on, hold on, hold on. And then I I realized all. <laughs> All like the butt rock music, and then it hit the chorus. This is not yeah. butt rock. How hold, hold dare on, hold you? On, hold on, hold on. How dare you, oh. sir? I was saying this is rap rock. <laughs> <laughs> We're trying to figure out what that is, by the way. So then it hit the chorus, and I'm like, okay, it's catchy. I respect that. It's so much more than catchy. No, 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 no. Okay. <laughs> so then I started going into my video game thing, and I'm playing Bioshock right now. That has you know, oh nice, Big Daddy oh, and Little nice. Sisters, and I, I was like, like oh, you got bonus points for that. Damn it! <laughs> Just because I'm playing it right now, that would have been perfect in that game. And I'm like, this is cool. Oh, he's singing again. Can't you just do the chorus, the whole song? Oh no, I'm good with it. No. <laughs> and then I started going through all the like dark times of my life with the Godsmack and just like, you know. This is nothing like Godsmack. Nothing like Butterrock. So literally. Maybe a little those bit of voodoo. <laughs> <laughs> no, I see Depeche Mode with the song. I see Alice in Chains with the song. I saw, I see I, I saw Billy Idol. Song. Yeah. Billy Idol. Billy Idol. I don't see that with the song. No, okay. Why you're thinking of that because Kiefer Sutherland looks like Billy Idol. <laughs> that, could, that could be. Yeah, yeah. Could be. No, I just see purely like I see my wedding. In a sex. I see Tears like, for Fears. Tears for Fears in, in a for darker sure. way. Yeah, exactly. Shall. Shall. Let it all So, Tears for Which Fears. reminds me of Disturbed. They can have a song on the mix. 
Team Butt um, Rock. Yeah. Yeah, for uh, the Breakfast Club. Um, yes, sorry. Continue. Oh, what? yeah. Yeah. So I was in a weird situation. Like, you know, when you're a teenager and you're just like, oh, you know, this hair. Ooh, like you feel dirty listening to it? Yes. Like you're like hiding your boner from <laughs> someone? <laughs> boner in class? Just in PE and you're like, I can't do jumping jacks. Yeah, you fold it in your shorts? <laughs> Did like, this make you tuck? Did you tuck to this song? <laughs> Did you immediately just tuck your penis in between your legs when you heard this song? It's weird when I'm in public, too. It's a new sensation. <laughs> I've never heard of that. <laughs> it's the Tucker. It's, I don't know. So, uh, um, it, it was weird. I, I did not enjoy the verse of it. I did not. <laughs> I liked the chorus. I appreciated that. I do see the vibes that you're talking about, like, you know, Depeche Mode and stuff like that. John Carpenter, too, a little bit. But, 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 but. I don't feel like it fit the rest of the mix. I I understand. I would agree with RJ. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I understand why and you I, say that. And I was upset at that. I was like, okay. the rest of it feels. I was kind of off with you should be young. I wanted again on the fun mix. You've got Mortal Kombat. Oh, you, you would have had me. You would have had me. <laughs> oh, five so, out of five. I loved Mortal Kombat so much when I was a kid, and yeah. I wanted the soundtrack so bad. <laughs> yeah. So I wanted the soundtrack to it for some reason. I don't even remember the songs yeah. from the movie. Yeah. And then I went to. Walmart or Kmart, whatever it was around back then, and picked out a CD. It was more a combat soundtrack. It turned out to be the soundtrack to the video game. Oh, yeah. So all it was was mm-hmm. Cage <laughs> and just Sub Zero. Yeah. And it was just video game music. Yeah. And I was so sad. Ah, man. I want to I wanna meet the guy who's just like yelling, Mortal Can we take that again? Yeah. <laughs> I don't think I got it right. Your soul is mine. Finish him. <laughs> I was always Sub Zero. Yeah, I mean you that's how you win, win. especially Mortal Kombat Two. Down on the ground, you're yeah. like, "Oh, I'm tripping." I'm like, "Yeah, you are." Now I freeze you and I, I uppercut like, you. I have you seen like Reptile? Who they've been adding to Mortal Kombat Eleven? Oh, it gets weird. Yeah, they've got weird Terminator people. Two. Yeah, yeah, they got Terminator like Robocop in there too. Yeah, I heard Robocop it's pretty cool. They, they're just added Rambo. Oh, they got Rambo in there. <laughs> I rented one from Blockbuster. If y- y'all remember, Wait, Blockbuster. Did they add Sylvester Stallone from Cliffhanger. That'd be tight. What's the the movie where they all come in? The old guys. The Expendables. Oh, the yeah, Expendables, like yeah. all their versions just yeah. being old. And um, Bruce Willis from Red. <laughs> no, I, I had it on a Game Boy. I'm so segue. <laughs> and I liked that, but all the new versions, I think I'm just kind of tired of the, the Mortal Kombat kind of games. Anyway. I don't know. <laughs> I think I'd play it. Yeah, I would I would for sure play it. Yeah. Yeah. But I I like the new adaptations of it. But the song. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so you came around to cry, little sister. Over I, time, I like the course. I like the course. The course came in, night. and I was like, "Fuck yes!" Tucked it. <laughs> like literally, the course came in, and it's like, "Boing!" And I'm like, yeah. "Oh, they're pumped. singing again, it's, right?" This is very cinematic. Yeah, the song is cinematic. For me, this would be good at number three as a palate cleanser because mm. it is different. Yeah, but in a different way, especially right. after the first two songs, which. A lot of our mixes, the first songs, maybe the second song has some energy to it. Yeah. I feel like these first two songs, this maybe song gets me too pumped for the middle of a, 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 a mix. It's like, yeah. it gets me too worked up. I'm just like, ah. all right, all right. Yeah. <laughs> I like this song at the end. 
Okay. I'm going to be honest. Because I don't know why. Sometimes the song reminds me of Dustin. Like, it reminds me of a song that Dustin would like. Yeah. I have no idea why. <laughs> it's 80s sounding. Yeah. He's like, so. check this out. I'm like, all right, yeah. cool. <laughs> it would just be a song that he knows. Yeah. That just has no con like no context. Yeah, It'll play no. on the radio and be like, Oh, that's Gerard McMahon's cry little sister. <laughs> what? <laughs> How do you know that? <laughs> Where have you heard this? The Lost Boys. No, it wouldn't even be from a movie. He's like, yeah. Oh, just hurt I have the album. <laughs> what? Why? I don't know. Look good. Um so I'm glad you came around to cry little sister. I mean, don't don't put those words in my mouth. You came around to it. You did. You came on it, came around yeah. it, came tucked everywhere. It. Tucked it. Tucked and rolled. Tucked and rolled. Back. Yeah. yeah. You had to loosen your belt. <laughs> <laughs> Tighten your band your sweatpants. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um so yeah, that's what defines the sequence. Yeah. Um I have other versions of this mix, but uh I thought this was a good mixture of a couple of songs. Um, that work together and um, also it just kind of shows not a huge variety of what these songs are because, again, the fun version of this mix is where you get the huge variety yeah. of like all of these different types of songs that shouldn't belong on a mix together, but you're like, oh, they're all from movies. Type yeah. of deal. I just want RJ not to tuck it. Yeah. <laughs> no. uh, RJ not tuck it. I, I, I like that that's like your Native American name. RJ No Tuck. <laughs> RJ TP. I TP all the time. No Welcome tuck. to the tribe. I am Brandon No Tuck. No pants, no tucks. Yeah. RJ Can't Tuck. <laughs> um, RJ Too Small to Tuck. <laughs> it's just kind of there. It's a Filipino thing. Nobody notices RJ. <laughs> RJ wears sick boxers. RJ gets off all the time. RJ look like Kendall. Smooth. <laughs> um, yeah, so you guys ready to rate this mix? Oh, I'm ready. Yeah? Excuse me. Uh, I'll go first. I'm going to give myself a three and a half. 3.5. Okay. Uh, just because it's not for me, it's accessible to a lot of people because you've got some variety in there a little bit. Okay. Um, you hit the horror people, you hit the indie people, you get the nineties people, you get the eighties people, you get a nice little variety in there and then you get the Lana Del Rey people. Yeah. Um, so it's just kind of a mixture of a lot of different things in it. Um, before you guys rate it, I would like to know on a zero on a, Rating from zero to ten, how would you rate this challenging wise? This mix, oh, mm-hmm. be pretty challenging. Ten would be the most challenging. Challenging for you, okay. Like um, if, if listening to this, how challenged were you listening to it? Okay, wait. Oh, yes, listening to it. Listening, not making. <clears throat> listening. The, okay, so you brought up a point a little while ago when we were talking. It would be interesting if I had seen all of these movies beforehand. Mm-hmm. And I think that would have changed a lot of it. Oh, yeah. And I think I would have rated it higher mm-hmm. with that, with having that knowledge or those pictures in yeah. my head, basically. Um, it was a little challenging to listen to just 
in the sense that like the first two songs go well together mm-hmm. the third song kind of breaks it up and then the fourth song i feel like goes with the first two yeah and then the fifth song is just awesome yeah <laughs> <laughs> so I, this is one of them where i feel like rearranging would heighten the score a little bit for me and mm-hmm. make it more listenable mm-hmm. but like at the same time if you have that idea of the movies in your head then maybe you arrange them a certain way. Like you were saying, yeah. the Lana Del Rey one could be a cold open. Yeah. And I totally get that. I can cool. see that at the beginning or the end. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's the big question of this mix. Like, do these songs work? Yeah. Like with no, you haven't seen the movie. Like yeah. RJ, you haven't seen any of these movies. No. Right? Like, so do do these songs work for you at all? Yeah. That's a question. That's a question. Um, <laughs> wait, do these songs work for you at all? they do work but it's like it's the questioning of um the ordering and all the other emotions that fit with it because i knew they were attached to movies and it's just kind of like that that drove me kind of crazy just kind of like all right now i have to fit them here and i have to do this and i feel like it was a lot more work to figure out and piece them so it was hard to rank them uh it was hard to organize them and i drove it because i had to listen to these songs over and over and over again Mm -hmm. and just i appreciate it as a whole minus number track number five and you came around to it (laughs) like it and I was like, all right, I see them. Then I have to go back and just see like the, the movie. And it was a lot of piecing things together versus if I saw the movie, I feel like it's like I get them. I get their emotion and I, I feel what's going on in the scene. And I would, I think I would like it a lot more better and it would uh, like improve the score yeah. as a whole. It's the, I think it's the first mix that we've done that needs context. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like it, it's, you're going into it being like contextually, you need to understand where these songs come from. Cause I don't know if they work. Cause I've seen all these movies and I like all these songs. So I know why it works for me. Yeah. But for people who haven't seen the movies, all right like, with, with that, cause I know you haven't seen all of them, Devin. Yeah. As a whole, I appreciate the mixtape. I get okay. it. I think they flow. They work in a certain extent. Mm. Um, so I think just if if they were not adaptations to movies at all, I feel like it worked. Like I was like I I like you know one two, they're fine. What's your favorite song? Oh, what's my favorite song? Um, I, I like the uh, I think the first one. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's why I put it there. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> as the cold open, as you said. I, I I appreciate now that you said that. Yeah, I feel like it, it works like as a James yes. Bond movie. It's kind of like boom. Yeah, here you go. This is in the movie. Well, when I thought these were all titles, track songs, or like a oh, I woke up and I told him he was wrong. I was like, nope. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. but yeah, Gold I thought these were all title finger! songs. <laughs> That's what we're gonna have next. I'm just gonna do all opening songs, all James Bond songs. Yes, Skyfall. But that's why I was asking you the question, like. Who was this mix for? Because yeah. if you're making it for somebody that enjoys movies, mm-hmm. um, then I think it would make more sense. Yeah. But as a mixtape, I mean, you have these like parameters that you hit with it. Yeah. Listenability wise, like it was, it wasn't hard to listen to Mm-mm. on the scale of one to ten, mm. but it wasn't. It didn't flow as well as I would like it to. Yeah. And. Um, 
yeah, I did enjoy it. Yeah, it'd be. Yeah. I would. It would be very. Well, no, because I kind of have one. One of my fun one that's like only rap and hip hop songs. That's like "Fight the Power," "Regular," like those songs. Like those songs all work together because they're all like rap and hip hop songs. What was "Regular" is made for? Um, Boys in the Hood. Maybe I can't remember. Oh. Yeah, but like DMX made the uh, what's it called? X gonna give it to you. X for, gonna give it to you. Um, Romeo Must Die, I want to say. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, there's the, those songs all work together because they're like, I think also with those type of songs, you're not really thinking of how well they flow together. No. Because it's fun. They sound fine. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's just fun. You're just excited to be yeah. like, wait, I just listened to Space Jam. Yeah. Now I'm listening to Mortal Kombat. Yeah. Can, I, can I just make a point? <laughs> That's right. That yeah. I, I had two of DMX's albums. Yeah. Purchased with my own money. <laughs> I remember you liked Exit Wounds. Yeah. yeah. Until I got that taken away because my mom found out that it cursed. <laughs> She's like, they say inappropriate things in that. And she stole it. Never got it back. Like, uh, X going to give it to you? All right. So I give myself a 3 out of 5, a 3.5 mm-hmm. out of 5 um, for someone that enjoys all these songs, enjoys four out of the five movies. Um, so, yeah. What, what do you guys think? I gave it a three point seven five out of five. Oh, because nice. I liked all the songs individually. Yeah, um, and I feel like if it was rearranged, what would you start it with out of the five songs? Uh, I think it was Amy Mann. Yeah, I could see that. Like starting off slow. Yeah, and then what is it? Yeah, Amy Mann, then Sufjan, then Lost Boys. <laughs> this is the notes that I have. I yeah. forgot the guy's I like name. it. I'm in. <laughs> then Tom York and ending with Lana Del Rey. Yeah. Like, it seems like a good trajectory. Like a... Yeah, that you know. it makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. I didn't rearrange it that way and listen to it, but in my head, I was like, oh, that might work. Yeah. Yeah. RJ? Uh, as far as the reorganization of it, literally, like I said... I have in my notes like, oh, you could put this later. Oh, you could put this later. Then I realized all of them. I'm saying like, you could put them later, and I'm yeah. like, there's no organization yeah. for this. This is, this is ridiculous. Um, this is Sparta. <laughs> yes, you just kicked Devin down the stairs. <laughs> Never liked him anyway. Um, but wish you fucking tried, <laughs> Randall No Tuck. <laughs> Filipinos are good at like jujitsu or something, no right? Tuck. <laughs> Filipinos do stick fighting. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, 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 uh, my mom told they me that they used to play swords. with spiders, too. They put spiders on a stick and they let them fight. That's not stick fighting. <laughs> spiders. I bring oh, spiders. I stick fighting. Attack you with a brown recluse and a black widow. These are martial arts. <laughs> I know a martial art. Fucking throwing sticks and spiders at you. Is that why you're asking me how you get a fourth degree black belt? Yeah. You can't get that in spider fighting. <laughs> Um, but dog fighter, <laughs> I had my ups and downs of this. I give my rating a 3.47. Oh, nice. So it's a decent score. I appreciate the songs, but it's like, you know, I struggled with not seeing the movies, struggled with, uh, the organization, but I was like, I, f- I enjoyed the mix minus the last song, but you, you know, you, I, I liked you it. came around. Yeah, came around. <laughs> no, I literally gave the least score to the last song, but then I was like, I feel like I liked the rest of it so much. Did you feel no. like you were the little sister in the song? Is did you cry? I did. Was <laughs> somebody <laughs> forcing you to cry? I was just sitting there with Billy Idol being like, white wedding. 
This is two completely different songs. <laughs> Have you heard White Wedding? Yes. Oh, uh. oh, you know why? Wedding singer? Hey, little sister. Dun, 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 dun. That's, that's not, why you're thinking that's it. That's probably One why. Guy's it's like, the worst. <laughs> that's sister. probably why, why I think yeah. White Wedding. <laughs> There's your answer. Yeah. So you think you can dance. Jeez. All right. Cool. Fun. I, I originally had it, I think, a 3.5 or mm-hmm. around there. I didn't grade the songs individually. I just had like a, a overall number. rating. Yeah. But I will say the second song made me want to watch Suspiria, and I watched it, and I enjoyed it. Yeah. So that did change the score a little bit. I think you would like all the movies. I think I would. Yeah. Yeah. I should have watched them all within this week. But mm-hmm. yeah. When you watch Lost Boys, let me know. Yeah, I think I want to watch that one. We watched <laughs> The Boys. The Boys is yeah. tight. I watched the season finale. Oh, yes, I heard about that. Just came out yesterday. Yeah, we're a little behind. No, like just an episode, episode. two. Okay. Yeah, no, just the new one. Yeah. All right. What are we going to be listening to next, oh, no. this next week? We're going to be listening to mixtape. Just Australian otters? Cold. <laughs> I come from a band down under. <laughs> I know it's a it's a bit of a stretch for the title, so you don't really know what it's about. So is it just one band, but they're Australian? Oi, come <laughs> no, no. from a band down under. Sexual Where is Indo-Indo. under? Where's yeah. under? Yeah, from under. <laughs> they right. under. So are they all below the equator? South of the oh, equator okay. band. Yeah. So. Yeah. I probably know, like, Three out of five Ooh, artists. Look at my South American accent. <laughs> if you don't have Deantward on this mix, you're fucked. <laughs> like I if, don't have standards. So, band, a band from Down Under, and you don't have Deantward on here. I'm gonna say they're this, big. They're I'm very a rich big. Bitch. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> this is. It's not that coded of a title, <laughs> but it's to introduce you to a market of music that exists outside of the United States that is similar to what we just kangaroo tunes. What was it? Didgeridoo, didgeridon't, or didgeridildo? Didgeridildo. Of course. Always didgeridildo. You should have named it Koalas Carry Chlamydia. <laughs> you should have named it KKK. Sure. Yeah. yeah, I should have just titled it KKK. Did you guys figure that out? <laughs> My next playlist KKK. Oh, man. In Australia, you know they have like a season where these spiders. Uh, nope. Oh, yeah, spider season. Their, their web <laughs> comes out of their ass and then creates. A parachute. Yeah, yeah. Phono web spider. Yeah, and they just like float and then they just come down. A flying spiders. Yeah, they just come down in these droves of these just flying spiders that just are just being carried by their web on top of everyone and everything. Do they have a target or are they just like gonna go? They just go. I don't think so. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they just float around terrorizing. So I'm not a huge (laughs) fan of spiders. Lord of the Rings music. I would be so happy. <laughs> I'm not a huge fan of spiders, and my mom's like, we should go on vacation over there. And my brother's like, RJ, just to let you know, it's like the like the place for the like eight out of the ten deadliest spiders. Yeah. 
I'm like, oh, we're not going to go there. Oh, yeah, a lot of deadly enemies. <laughs> I had a real dumb moment one time I was talking about Australia because I was thinking of, like, other islands because other islands, this is the case. But I was like, I was talking to my wife, and I was like, Australia doesn't have poisonous spiders because, like, there's <laughs> other islands that, like, like Maui doesn't really have poisonous spiders. They have, like, crab spiders and, like, things like that. Yeah. Which are dangerous or I guess kind of dangerous, but they're not like they're not super lethal. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. there's very few lethal spiders. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And I was like, Australia doesn't have venomous spiders, <laughs> and it's like some of the most venomous the spiders. Most <laughs> venomous. Yeah, so you could just literally be going to get a loaf of bread, put it in the toaster, and dead. Yeah, yeah. no, they have that's uh, where Thor comes from. Hey, that's what we seem to You speak my spiders. <laughs> the Hemsworth brothers. Hemsworth. <laughs> Uh, yeah, they got a lot of spiders. This is not about spiders, though. Nothing to do with spiders. It's the Spider-Man cover. Just men song. at work. Just all men at work. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, <is> it... <laughs> like, you can dance. No, if it's you construction want to. music. No. <laughs> yeah. I've been working on it. No, that's men without hats. Oh. Safety dance. That's different. <laughs> Men at work is Colin Hayes band. Yeah. Oh, oh, come from oh. a land down under. Oh, that one. Do, 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 what do, it's do, named do, do, after. Yeah. So we cracked it? <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be a tough one. All right. Well, uh, you can find a five song mixtape. We post on Instagram often. Um, you can find us on iTunes, Spotify, where you download podcasts, Five Song Mixtape. You can find us on Spotify for the mix itself, Five Song Mixtape, all one word. Sure. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. 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 Ah. Randall Novotok. Randall Novotok. <laughs> <laughs>